Good morning to everyone and welcome to the well here at STSA. How's that for an uplifting intro, that little video right there? What we're talking about here, for those who are just joining us today, we're in week two of a series called Happy. And we are talking about different ways that we can be happy as given to us by our Lord Jesus Christ. And we're looking specifically at a passage from Matthew chapter 5, the beginning of the most famous sermon ever given on the planet, the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus gave, where he gave eight ways to be happy. Now, right off the bat, some of you are like, hey, wait a minute. Is that allowed in church to talk about being happy? Like, is that legal? Isn't that like against the code? Because aren't you supposed to talk about like, isn't church like to be miserable and then like just suffer and then, you know, like hate yourself and hate your family and hate everyone around you and just be like a suffering, miserable kind of a person and then be happy in heaven. Isn't that what Christianity is supposed to be? Well, I say no, because I say that Christianity is based on the life of Jesus Christ. And I think if you look at Christ, I don't think there was a happier person on the planet. I don't think there's anyone who exuded joy and hope and life more than Jesus did. And I have proof for it. What group of people always love to follow Jesus around? Children, right? Children don't like miserable people. Children like jolly fat men like Santa Claus who like to laugh and give away candy. And the fact that children were always around Jesus shows Jesus, was Jesus lived a hard life. And Jesus suffered a lot. But you never hear him complain. You never hear the woe is me, the pity party. You never see him, anyone interact with him, and they left lower than they came. You always see him picking people up, giving people hope, because Jesus was full of true joy and true happiness. And what we're going to look at in this series is from his own mouth what the secret to that happiness is. We're doing our best in this series to take what, like I, like I said, what he said in Matthew chapter 5, the Beatitudes, the blessed are statements. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. The blessed are statements. And we talked about last week about how those eight statements, blessed, okay, oftentimes the word blessed can be translated happy. Some translations say happy are those. Some say blessed are those. It comes from the Greek word makarios. And the word makarios, whether you define it blessed or happy, it means the type of happiness that we're not really used to in this world. It means a type of happiness or the type of joy that is self-sufficient. It is independent of circumstances, all right? We talked about how they have a, in, in Greece, they have an island called Cyprus, which they call the Happy Isle. And the reason why they call it the Happy Isle is because you never have to leave the island to get anything that you want. Everything is contained right there. Well, that's what's contained in that word makarios. When Jesus says that you can be blessed, you can be happy, it means it's the kind of happiness that is not dependent on your circumstances. It's the kind of happiness that doesn't walk out the door when your boss walks in the door. It's the kind of happiness that lasts through the ups and downs of life. It's the kind of happiness that endures the hardships and the trials. That's the kind of happy that we're talking about. And that's the kind of happy that Jesus gave us a prescription for in Matthew chapter five. That's why I'm, I'm particularly using the word happy, not blessed. Because I feel like blessed has gotten a kind of a bad reputation in Christian circles. Blessed just means your life stinks and you just say, I'm blessed, okay? And I just, hopefully one day God will reward me in the end. It's just basically a spiritualized form of denial when we say my life is blessed, okay? But we don't really mean it. I'm talking about Jesus is telling us not how to escape the problems of this world and not how to remove them all and find happiness despite them, but how to find happiness in the midst of them, long-term, lasting, the kind that endures, the kind that, like I said last week, Mother Teresa defined a life of holiness, a life of godliness. She said a life of godliness, this is a great quote, is to do the will of God with a smile. 
And I love that because that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about real life happy. Okay, we're not talking about some over-spiritualized. We're talking about in the midst of the storm, how we can find joy and happiness. And like I said last week, I'm kind of giving you a warning up front, right off the bat. I'm sitting here and I'm gonna talk about how to be happy based on how Jesus said how to be happy. So you're like, okay, this is gonna be great. Like Father Anthony is gonna give us very uplifting, very encouraging, like ways to be happy. Well, right off the bat, I told you last week that Jesus' prescription for happy, as was prescription for many things, is upside down. Usually when he tells us how to find something, it's upside down. What I mean by that is it's the opposite of the way that we would normally think about it. So for example, last week, we said that to have the kingdom of heaven, to be blessed, blessed are the poor, poor in spirit, for there's the kingdom of heaven. And poor is kind of like the opposite of the word that I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear, no, riches is what makes me happy. Jesus said, no, it's actually poor, but the right kind of poor, poor in spirit, which means for those who weren't here last week, it means three things. It means number one, admit that I need help. It means number two, ask God for that help. And then number three, accept the help that God sends in the form of others. And true happiness, the foundation of it is realizing I can't do it by myself, no matter how hard I work, no matter how much money I got, no matter how many letters are after my name or on my business card, it's never gonna make me truly happy. To find true happiness, admit I can't do it, ask God to help me do it, and then willing to accept the help that he sends in the form of others. Upside down life. Today, of all the, the statements that Jesus made in the Beatitudes, I think today is the most upside down of all the statements. Today is the one that you're gonna see that you're like, no, this is the exact opposite of what we've been trained to think our entire lives more than any other one. And that is this, blessed or happy. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who what? Mourn. How many people set a goal for 2019 to mourn more? Anybody? This is gonna be the summer of mourning. Summer of mourning! Anybody on their to-do list, anyone is like, oh, if only more mourning. But that's exactly what Jesus prescribes as the path to comfort and happiness. Now, I'm gonna tell you right off the bat here. Okay, like I said, this is gonna be some upside down stuff. But what we're doing is we're trusting, we're taking a step of faith right here, that Jesus who lived the most happy life tells us the prescription for it. And it's gonna be counter to what we've always thought, but we're trusting that if I do what he did, I will live as he lived, okay? Sometimes we want the life of Jesus without doing what Jesus did to get there. Like we want the fruit of how Jesus lived without the hard work. So we're gonna trust that if we do what he did, we'll live as he lived. And Jesus teaches us, the blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Comfort comes from mourning. Are you sure, Jesus? I came up with a list of things that I thought comfort could more easily come from. Top of my list was ice cream. I thought it'd make more sense to say that, that true comfort comes from ice cream. I got getting a raise. Shopping, not for me, but maybe some people say shopping, okay? Uh, 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 a promotion, okay, for myself. A demotion for my boss, okay? Some of these things could lead to our, our, our increased comfort in life but no one who comes up with a list of things for comfort would ever add mourning on that list. That wouldn't be top 10. That wouldn't be top 20. In fact, if you're honest, if you're honest, from the minute you wake up, just like me, from the minute you wake up to the minute you go to sleep, you do your best to avoid mourning. You do your best to avoid any discomfort. 
Do your best to avoid any pain, any sadness, anything which makes me remotely uncomfortable. We do our, like our goal for the day is to avoid it. And Jesus says, that's actually what we should be driving towards. Today's message, hardest one to comprehend, most upside down. Today's message, most game-changing ability to change your life and give you true freedom. I truly believe that. Hardest one to comprehend. Hardest one to kind of digest and say comfort from mourning, happiness from sadness. Hardest one. But I'm telling you, if you get this one, this is a game changer. And this can lead to new levels of freedom and joy and happiness in your life. And I'll give you kind of the, the, the punchline right up front, and then I will unpack it over the rest of the next half hour or so. My path to comfort and happiness is to escape pain. God's path is to embrace it. My path to happiness, to joy, to blessing, to comfort is to escape pain. God's path is to embrace it. Now, let me preface. It is not the will of God for you to be in pain. Stop by saying that. God does not desire your pain. God does not want his children to suffer for no reason. Sometimes we have this idea that like God wants to give us suffering because somehow it makes us better people and God wants us to suffer and God wants us to suffer. No, let me be, let me be right up front with you. Any suffering that you have in your life is a direct result of free will. Either your free will or somebody else's free will gone wrong. Any suffering and pain that you have and that I have is a result of my free will, my own choices that have gone awry and that's the majority or somebody else's free will that has hurt me. So it is not God's will for you to live in pain. However, pain is not the goal, but when in the hands of God, pain can be a means to a goal. While pain is never God's goal in your life, pain can be a means to the goal that God has for your life as you think about it like a doctor. Okay, I, I told you all last week, God is the first physician on this planet. God is the true physician of our souls, our bodies, and our spirits, as we say in the prayers. A doctor's goal is not to give you shots to hurt you. But in the hands of a wise physician, a shot which causes pain can be for your healing. And it's the same in God. Is God never desires pain for his children or suffering. But they can be a means to an end when they're used the right way and when they're embraced in the right way. See, we, we don't have that kind of, we think the opposite. We think here comes pain, run like the wind. We do our best to run away from pain, to escape from it. Or if we can't escape, what do we do? We self-medicate. Anything to numb the pain, anything to make it go away. This is why, for example, we engage in self-defeating behaviors that we hate and that ruin our lives, yet we continue to go back to them and back to them and back to them to escape.